This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Okay, guys. How's everyone doing today? Okay, excellent, excellent. So today we're going to continue on the subject that we were discussing for the past two weeks, which is the deal between Yisachar and Zivulun. We learned that there is a special arrangement between Yisachar and Zivulun. Which is that uh, there was a deal that Yisachar learns and Zevulun becomes a partnership in the learning. And we learned that that works. What type of partnership? Half-half or as much as Zevulun gives? Uh, does Yisachar lose out of his rewards? That's what we spoke about the past two times. But here, today, I wanted to discuss... Let's say people make a partnership, not on Torah, but on tzedakah, mitzvot, and avirot. Let's say, let's say you want to make a deal with your friend that you're really strapped on cash. He has a lot of money, but because he has a lot of money, he did a lot of stupid things. And one of those <laughs> stupid things is that he did like terrible avirot. So he wants to he wants to sell you the, uh, the uh, he wants to sell you the averot. He'll give you cash. You'll take his averot, and he'll be on a clean slate. So can you could you do such a deal? Can you make a partnership in regarding in regards to averot? That's the question. So let me start off with the following. I think we mentioned in the past a famous teshuva from the Maram Alashkar. The Maram Alashkar was uh, in Siman Kuf Aleph brings a teshuvah in the name of Rav Haigaon. And he writes the following, that a person wanted to sell whatever of it, whatever mitzvot that he had, whatever reward that he had. And he writes like this, whatever a person has cannot go into the category of selling because everybody has their portion of mitzvot that they do and their portion of of Averot that they do, and one is not for sale to the other. I'll I'll tell you uh, briefly that there are a few sources that we could bring to this. First of all, in the Torah, one source that that they discuss is when Rivka was uh, was uh, trying to convince Yaakov to steal the blessings from Esav. So she says, don't worry if something happens to you. On me, whatever happens to you, on me. So you see that Rivka did accept the punishment for Yaakov. For, 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 for Yaakov. So she's able to kind of like buy the Avirot. So you're right, it's Avirot for the future, but you see that there's such a concept. So that's a source that we could possibly say that one can take the Averot for someone else. However, the Unkulus explains what happened over there was that Rivka wasn't telling Yaakov Avinu that she's going to take his Averot. Rather, she was revealing to Yaakov Avinu in a nevuah, in a prophecy, that nothing bad is going to happen. I like Khabini, don't worry, it is going to all be fine and nothing's going to happen. I have prophecy, it's all going to happen. 
Another proof they bring is from Moshe Rabbeinu in Parashat Kitisa when Bnei Israel uh, sinned by the Egel. So they, Hashem wanted to wipe them off the map. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, Take me off instead. In other words, let me atone for them. Yeah, it's a popular, uh, a popular concept. Let me be the atonement. And Hashem really... Uh, Hashem really didn't accept his his bakasha. What did Hashem say? Whoever sinned, they get the they get the punishment. It doesn't work this way that you could take a collective punishment. Hashem says. So again, it could be that over there it's a little bit different. Why Moshe Rabbeinu asked in the first place? Maybe Hashem didn't agree to the deal, but maybe from the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu asked it, you could say that there is a possibility of such a deal. Again, you can't really uh, you can't really say that because it could very well be. That it was just that Moshe Rabbeinu uh, was asking on the behalf of all of Klal Israel, but for an individual, maybe, maybe it would have worked. Not so much of a proof over there. So, if you go through all the classical sources, you can't really find a clear proof one way or the other. So, I'm going to tell you what some of the poskim say. First of all, there's a famous story brought in, and I have the the the, the, the mikor. It's a very famous uh, story with the Rabbeinu Amarsha. In the Sefer Tochechot Musar, in the Sefer Tochechot Musar, there's a Hagdama there. There's a there's an introduction of the story that goes like this: that uh, when when the Marsha was a uh, was a Rav in Austria, in uh, not Austria, Ostraha. Yeah, I don't know where that is. There was two people that were living between uh, amongst themselves that were in a very uh, a very amicable deal. They were they were good friends to each other uh, with each other, and they decided that and they were they, they they were good friends. One day, what happened was was that was that one of the partners decided that he had to go in one of the areas for a certain. Um, for, for a certain business deal, he had to go by himself. He was a beautiful person, and there was a non-Jewish widow that was there, and the non-Jewish widow enticed him, and he fell, Be'avira, this person sinned with that widow. He was a God-fearing Jew, but he stumbled. He was feeling terrible. He was feeling horrible. His friend, his partner, sees for the past next few weeks this guy is mummish depressed and he's not working the same way he's working. He says, what's going on? He says, ah, I'm depressed. He says, listen, tell me what's going on with you. We're always good friends. He says, you know, I stumbled and I did. I have a terrible avira and, and I don't know how to, how to atone for it and I, I just feel horrible. So his friend said, listen, if it makes you feel better, I'll buy the avira from you. 500 rubles. They make a contract, they make a deal. He says, no problem. I'll be very happy with that. He sold him his avira and he paid him the 500 rubles happily. This person who bought the avira died. He forgot about it already. He forgot about that avira. He lived uh, for a few more years, then he died. Gets up to Shamaim and he sees that on the, on the, uh, on the scale... His avirot are way down. He says, well, I didn't do that avira with that lady. Me? I, I, crazy? I, I would never do such a thing. They told him, oh yeah, you bought the avira. So he says, 
says, wait, this is not fair. I didn't. I, I was doing it to comfort my friend. I didn't know. Was I also make a little cash on the side. I didn't know it would turn out this way. So he runs over back to, he, he says, I, I'm not going to let this happen this way, but I'm dead. What am I going to do? So he starts harassing his friend in a dream. He comes to him. He says, it's, it's not fair. You sold me the Avira. So the friend who's still alive says, well, I don't know what to do. I, I did, I, you know, I sold it to him. It's a, it's a good deal. Fair and square. He went to the Marsha. The Marsha told him, listen, there is a halacha that if somebody has a complaint against someone else, he can bring him to Beddin. What Beddin do you go to? He wants you to go to the Beddin Shel Ma'ala to judge it with him. But the halacha says you always go nitva. You always go according to the defendant. That means if Reuven is bringing Shimon to a Din Torah, Shimon has the right to say, I want to go to this city to, to be done where I live. I don't want to go all the way to where you live. So says the Marsha, you go back to him, you say, fine, you want to go and you want to complain and you want to bring me to a, to a type of a Din Torah, you have to come to me. So this, this soul, this poor tortured soul, has to come back to life to the Marsha. So the soul says, fine, he's going to come. The Marsha sets up in the Beta Knesset so everybody can see that there's judgment in the world. The Beta Knesset was packed. And they, uh, they, called the, uh, they called from the graveyard the soul that it should be ready to come to the Beta Knesset. This is all written down. And Marsha started, started uh, talking and he says, what is your complaint? So the guy said, well, I didn't know it was going to be a real sale. It shouldn't be a valid sale. The Marsha said, and, and the voice came out that way, and everybody got really freaked out. Marsha decided, he says, I'm being posseg des din Torah, that since you, this you, the neshama, was mezalzel, that means you, you, you degraded the value of, of a mitzvah and the, and, and the, and the stringency of avira, <clears throat> the sale you you have you, you're getting you you have to have an onish a a uh, you have to have a kapara just for that and we'll do a special tikkun for you to be mechaper and we'll do a special tikkun but it was a valid sale but we'll try to uh, try to uh, try alleviate your onish that's the story this happened in the marsha's bet midrash in this world they called up the soul to come to the bet midrash kind of like they they revived the, the the soul up. And that's the way the story goes. So the poskim are busy with the story. They say, you see from over here, you could sell Averot. So there's one sefer, I think, uh, I believe it's the Betzela Chochma, who says, granted, there's a story that way. I'll, 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 let me get the Marim Makom from the, first of all, there's a sefer called the Machane Chaim. The Machane Chaim in Chelik Bet, Choshen Mishpat Siman Chav, has a discussion about this. And he says, Umashe Hamonim Magidin B'Shem Marsha, those that say the story in the name of the Marsha, who knows if there's truth from the story that the, what people say over, maybe and on top of that, you, say, you, you can't bring Ra'ayot from Agadot, I know some other people bring that, so they don't like accepting this proof from the Marsha, although it's a freaky story. So it says the Machane Chaim, that, that you can't sell an Avira. The Midrash in Shira Shirim says, if the and the midrash says, if all of the nations give all of their money in the world 
Am Yisrael is not going to be able to get them into Gan Eden. It doesn't work that way because you can't sell your you can't sell your avirot. Once you have the avirot, it's it's yours. I Rivka said I like Elat Chabini said that's not a proof based on what we said in the Unculus. All it means is that she's not going to. Uh, uh, there's never going to be an Avira. So the Machin Ephraim ends up, says, Sof Davar, Hakol Nishma, Ani Adin Shnem, Likav Zechot, Ulai Yenichlas, that that you guys wanted to sell each other a mitzvot, Avirot, it doesn't work, you guys were drunk on top of that, and you were, so maybe that wasn't a good, a good, um, uh, you weren't in a good, in a good state of mind, but you can't sell your Avirot. And there's Rav Chai Gaon that says, you can't sell your mitzvot, same way you can't sell your Avirot, everybody has their own person, uh, portion. But it's not so simple. It's not so simple. There are those poskim who say that although you, you can't sell your, uh, your, your avirot, there's something else called assisting in an, a mitzvah, assisting in avirot. If you remember, by Yisachar Zvulun, we spoke about, we spoke about um, that one of the concepts of Yisachar Zvulun that Aruch HaShulchan explains is that when Zvulun gives money to Yisachar, so basically he's enabling Yisachar to learn. So when you help somebody in learning, you are assisting him in doing the mitzvah because he wouldn't have done it without you, and therefore he gets the same. You get you get reward with him. It's not quantified, but it's called misayeh mitzvah. So that applies not only to Torah, that also applies to mitzvot. If you help someone do a mitzvah, he is somebody who's busy in his work all day, but he could be going out doing kiruv and being makar of Jews, and you're helping him do the mitzvah. Of course, you have a share in that mitzvah. How does it work? Half, half, equal? We don't know. That's up to Hashem. But of course you have a portion of that mitzvah. So let's say you support someone doing an avira. Of course you're going to be responsible on that avira. You're helping him do that avira. That's a possible partnership to have. But if you want to buy somebody's averot, that doesn't work. Buying someone's averot, it doesn't, it doesn't work. What type of kinyan is it going to help anyways? That for sure doesn't help. And this is also the Shortu Chuvot, Betzela Chochma, right? The same thing in Chelek Vav, Betzela Chochma was Rav Betzala Stern. He was a Rav in Melbourne, Australia. He was the brother of uh, Rav Moshe Stern, the Debrezina Rav in Borough Park, the Be'er Moshe. And the Rav Betzala Stern writes that although it's written in the Halacha, in that a son says to his father, uh, on his father for the first 12 months, Hare ani kaparat mishkavo, I, uh, I should be in atonement for my father's sin. That is, that, that, is, um, uh, that, that, that is a different category that a person is able to say that, that, that he's able to accept certain punishments for his father. So to accepting certain yisurin upon yourself on behalf of someone else, that might be. But not the punishment that they got because of it. So he says... With, with words, you could a person, Sir Rav Betzal Stern says, even though you can't sell Avirot, but a person sometimes with a Dibor could accept Yisurin, and we know that people have that. You know, there's a famous story that Baba Sali couldn't have children, and, and there, was, there, was, there was problems one after the other, until one day they had a, uh, they had a, they had a child, and his name was Mayer, who grew up to be the famous... Sadiq Baba Meir, who lit up the 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 the, the world with his uh, Meir, which is the world that that because of its sitkut, and he was and he was very sick. He was not he was not doing well, 
and they didn't know if he was going to live or not. And Babasali's older brother, Ateret Roshin Rabbi David Abu Chatzera, who was Niftar al Pikidush Hashem at a young age, apparently prayed very hard for this child and took it upon himself the years that he had that he was going to live. He gave some of those years over to Baba Meir, which is why indeed he was Niftar al Pikidush Hashem. He was uh, killed in 1917 by the Arabs in his village because the whole city was accused of quote-unquote spying for the French and they were going to kill out the whole city but instead they took the leader of the city and two of the uh, and two of the businessmen of the city and they killed him on that horrible day in 1917 and uh, apparently he gave his years over to Baba Meir there is such a concept Adam, Adam Arishon gave some of his years to, to, to David Amelech that's why Adam Rashitivot uh, um, Adam David Mashiach that Adam Arishon you have David Amelech and that is, that there is a concept like that. But selling your avirot once you get them, that the poskim say uh, doesn't work. The Marasham in Chelek Gimel, the Debrit Sinner Rav in Chelek Gimel, Simon Kufnun Aleph, writes the same thing that people had a deal that they wanted to sell with a handshake. Um, with a handshake, is it help? And he brings once again Rav Haigan, he says, no way. Now, even though, that even though you have a concept of that everybody is partners with each other. Nevertheless, the Marasham says um, you, you don't have the right to be like Hashem to forgive somebody from his avirot. So even though in mitzvot there is such a concept that you could become a partner and help somebody do mitzvot, and in avirot also, if you help somebody do an avirah, you also become uh, a complicit with that avirah. But buying an avirah, or a mitzvah for that matter, ex post facto, it doesn't work. And that's the moral of the story. You're responsible for your mitzvot, and you're responsible from your avirot. So, that's the end of the deal. Nice try, but no cigar. Chazaku <laughs> baruch. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.